Hi, you've clicked Make It Known with Mal. I'm your host, Mal. I'm a 20-something-year-old girl who is working on walking in her purpose. The Make It Known with Mal podcast purpose is for myself and all of my listeners to learn and grow. This season is all about lessons I'm learning in my 20s. I'm going to be talking about things such as money management to the new uptake of this new age worldview, all the way to how do we develop our own political ideology. I'm having real and honest conversations with a variety of people. I believe everyone has a unique message, so just keep listening here as I make it known. Hi, my name is Mallory. Welcome to Make It Known with Mal. I'm your host, Mal. And today is going to be a very special and important episode um, of the new series, The Roaring Twenties, Lessons in My Twenties. And this is the most important lesson to me. This is the lesson that I think um, everybody should learn. I think it's just, it's changed my life, this lesson. So yeah, so I'm just going to go ahead and get into it. I have my friend, Pastor C. What's going on, everybody? How you guys doing? He is going to be here. Thank you. Yeah, of course. He's going to be talking about this and he has a lot to say. And this, like I said, this is super important to me. And I think that it's um, a lesson that we all should be working on. So yeah, without further ado, Chris, tell us who you are. Yeah, for sure. So um, name is Chris Crawley. I'm a friend of Mal's uh, through Elevation Church. We met through our Elevation e-group, which is like a small group. So for any like faith-based people, it's like a small or cell group that you meet with on a weekly basis. Um, Originally grew up in New Jersey, 25 years I was there, born and raised, uh, went to Rutgers University. Which is the rival to Seton Hall. Yes, big, big things right there for sure. Yeah, so I originally studied um, public health and uh, philosophy. I was a double major. I minored in biology. Um, Came up with a huge upbringing in faith, uh, pursuing God, the Christian faith, uh, which actually divulged into my uh, passion for philosophy at Rutgers. Um, and I actually minor biology. I originally had plans of going to medical school. Um, I wanted to actually take my uh, my education and become a surgeon. So my oh, dream wow. since I, I was know. a kid, yeah, my dream since I was a kid was um, really to be a pastor. And I really felt like this desire to actually do international ministry, but I didn't know how I was going to do that. And it just seemed so overwhelming at the time that you know I didn't have the right kind of like direction and guidance in terms of how to taking the steps to get there. So I put everything on my own understanding, my own kind of like way of doing it. And I thought, you know, I'll get a really high paying job. I'll take the money from that and I'll mm. pursue that um, ministry uh, route down the road. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was kind of leaning on my own understanding and it just was such a big dream. You know those, that saying that if your dreams don't terrify you, they're not big enough. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that today, of course, as well. But yeah. um, that's where I was at and I just thought that was the best route to go. So anyway, long story short, I'm now here in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, part mm-hmm. of Elevation Church. Again, that's how we met. A couple things about me. I'm a big... Um, you know, long distance running junkie. I love Spartan races. You guys heard of Spartan or Tough Mudder? Yeah, mother. he's like super athletic. Yeah, so <laughs> I like to do stuff like that. I'm a big long distance runner more than anything. We were just talking about New Girl. I'm a huge New Girl guy. I'm on season five right now. Schmidt and... Such well, I don't want to... Yeah, yeah don't, no spoilers. Don't, don't yeah, 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 sorry, no so yeah, yeah, but it's like, Such a good show. A Everybody show, yeah. should watch it's, it. Everybody should watch it. So much fun. Uh, <laughs> super enjoyable. Um, one word that describes me is charismatic. I just really believe in... Oh, wow. That... Is right on. Okay, yeah, I appreciate going. that. <laughs> that is right Verification, on. Verification, yeah. Yeah. I just, I love doing everything with all of my heart all the time and I uh, love people just to give my all to everything that I do. Um, and then I guess just another thing to describe me, my spirit animal would be a raccoon. So I know you guys are like, raccoon, what the heck? <laughs> like, what is that? But, yeah, please explain. <laughs> right. So basically they're, um, they have a bad kind of diet. So they're into like eating trash and just bad stuff, which I'm a junk food 
advocate. Like I love, <laughs> I've been a little healthier with the pandemic, but I've been really into like all that. Um, they stay up super late. Okay. <laughs> so I'm a night owl, right? Like okay, raccoons. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then they're also very curious and, and social animals. So, yeah, you know, you're I, very social. Super social, right? Yeah, Yeah. For so sure. I, I feel like I'm a, um, a lifelong learner, like yourself, Mal, right? Just yeah. always learning, like from, and this, this whole podcast is about learning from different people, yes. right? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I definitely embody that as well. And then, um, yeah, just super social. I'm like an extrovert's extrovert, so. Yeah. ENFP slash J on the Myers-Briggs. I'm literally. Oh my gosh, I'm ENFJ. No way. Yeah, See, that's that. so crazy. I, I didn't know that. I'm literally like on the threshold, so I'm like. I think I'm 51% P and 49% J, so I'm like, Shut right up, so am I. I'm right in the middle, but I say I'm more J because okay, I know I'm more judgy, but that's okay. Right. In a positive That's way. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Judging situations, yeah. What percent extrovert do you know? Do you remember? I don't. I was 87%. Wow. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm sure mine is up there. Yeah, yours well. is yeah. maybe like 92. Like yours that's is up there. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what's your Enneagram? I've never done any of your Oh my god. I goodness. know. Okay. I need to do it. Yeah. yeah. I need to do it. Yeah. I'm, That's the big one. Yeah. Like, you need to do it, like, soon. What's your number? Just so I know. I'm a two wing three, but honestly, sometimes I'm a three wing two. Okay. Yeah. Two wing. Okay. Yeah. I heard yeah. about the wings. I got three awesome. Yeah. Though. I don't really understand the wings, but I just know that those are my numbers. Those, those. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> two, three, and then three. Three, two. Three, two. Okay. Yeah. I go back and forth. Okay. So yeah. I'll definitely look at mine as well when you I do. Should. I'll let you know. You yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Wow. Anyway, so, oh, keep going. Oh, yeah. And then the reason I'm here, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The reason course, you're okay. here. Go ahead. <laughs> so um, just, again, growing up in that faith-based household and really coming to know God at an early age, you know, walking through life, meeting countless people, right, like we all have, I've just learned that um, the most important thing that we can have in life is a relationship with God, and that, that gives us a fullness of life. And I just want to come here to just help people to reach deeper depths with God, to learn more about yourself learn more about your heart, learn more about how he's speaking to you. And that's something I'm passionate about is just really helping people to live their best life through a relationship with God. I believe that like that's the reason that we're here on earth and that's our main purpose is to know him and then everything kind of flows from that. Yeah. You know, so that's yeah. what I want to just talk about and I'm glad to be here to, to kind of discuss that, you know, and, and yeah. to keep it real, I feel we're going to talk about it today too, that a lot of times the churches were not authentic and real enough about like what that looks like and mm -hmm. how it's being done. There's a lot of facades. There's a lot of just showing what you want to show. Like Pastor Furtick always says, you know, it's tough when you're comparing your behind the scenes to everyone's highlight reel. So I want to like talk about everything because the highlight reel is important, but you got like you should celebrate every achievement, every mm -hmm. victory, right? Every step forward you should celebrate, but you also need to celebrate like your behind the scenes too because that, the journey is what it's all about. Yeah. You know, the journey really, I think the journey is the biggest reward is like, you know, when I run a race and I get to the end destination, I get the, the medal, like. It feels so good to have it, but then my next thought is like, okay, like, what's my next race? Like, what am I gonna like? Once you get to the destination, the journey doesn't stop. Like, the journey itself is the most enjoyable part. Like, getting the podcast ready, you know, getting the notes, like, building and learning about yourself in the process. Yeah. Right? Wow, that is so wow. That's a very good point. Part of my favorite parts of doing the podcast is like planning it out. Wow. You know. That's a very. And then as soon as this is over, you're done editing, you get to post it, yeah. but then you're looking for your next endeavor. Like, yeah. you know, the, the, the achievement itself is so special, but it, it leads you to the next part of your development. That's what the journey is all about is that it's this constant journey we're on with God as we're growing. Yeah. And that's where the real joy comes from is like seeing how he teaches us what we're learning and that we just walk with him every day. So yeah. I don't want to get too into it, but that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, so I want to say this caveat too for everyone listening. As I say just about every episode, um, 
this isn't necessarily like a Christian podcast, but um, I am a Christian, and my worldview is through Christianity, through the Bible. So everything I say and everything I do is filtered through that worldview. So we are going to talk about topics, and like that's why whenever I have guests on, um, people are like, oh, do you care if I use a verse, or do you care if I... I'm like, yeah, use it, say it, because that is my worldview. That is how I say things. If you're not a Christian and you're listening, I encourage you to still listen, but I do want you to know we're going to talk... It is a Christian conversation, so we are going to be talking about using the Bible, and I guess the first thing we're... This will be a great segue. We're going to talk about like relationship with God versus religion, because a lot of times when we're talking about these topics, we talk a lot about religion, and I just want... Chris to explain kind of what's the difference between a relationship with God and just like a religion. Yeah, for sure. Right, for good. sure. Yeah. yeah. And what you said, I love that too, your worldview. It's so important because a lot of times we don't recognize, but we're always looking through a lens. We're always mm-hmm. looking through a worldview. And there's so much that like really ties into that. Like not could tell you, like, you know, your upbringing, like, you know, maybe something that your parents believe in now you believe, or the friends that you were tight with, maybe you didn't have a strong family unit. So like you learned from your friends or from your teachers, right? But maybe you learn through like YouTube or podcasts or just watching things online, you know, like through your media. So, you know, your media really defines your worldview. And the thing that God has really been speaking to me a lot about is just like to continue to ask, why do I believe what I believe? Why do why do I have the faith that I have? You know, it doesn't like no matter what you believe, we shouldn't take it for granted that we know what we know. Like we need to really understand the fabrics of it and why it matters to us. Like, why is it real? Because you can believe anything, you know? Yep. It's so important to keep asking that. So with your worldview, with you know, the way that you have, even the relationships you're in, romantic relationships, whatever it may be, why am I with this person? What about them draws me to them? Why am I continuing with this? Like, am I just doing it because it's what's familiar, what I've always done, or is there something more that I don't see? You know, so just talk about what you said, relationship and religion. I love this question. It's the most, I think it is, when you, specifically for those who grew up Christian, I want to talk about that for two seconds. Mm-hmm. Those of us that grew up Christian, like, we went through our whole life already, not that our parents did it on purpose, but I feel like we grew up our whole life kind of part of the religious, like, mm-hmm. you go to church no matter what, this is, but we don't yeah. really know. And I, I know for myself, I didn't, I did not develop a full-blown relationship until I was in my 20s, until I went to college and I had different experiences. And I just, I think this is so important because in your 20s, especially if you grew up Christian or if you're just now coming to the faith, the 20s is when you're learning the most. It is. Right. I'm reading this book. Uh, I talked about it last episode called The Defining Decade. And mm. the 20s is like the probably one of your most important decades, the most important 10 years of your life. So understanding the relationship versus the religion aspect is so important. Mm-hmm. All right, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I love it. No, for sure. I definitely agree. And the biggest thing I would say just to sum it up is like, the difference between relationship and religion is, you know, when it comes to, and I mean, there's a bunch of different things, but when it comes to God, right, you can know a lot about God, or you can actually know about God from experience, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the main thing is that, you know, think about, um, I don't know, just the person that you're closest with right now, right? Like when I say that phrase, like the person that's closest to you, maybe you think about a significant other, right? Maybe you mm-hmm. think about your bestie, maybe you think about your mom. Yeah. You know, maybe think about your cat, whatever, yeah. right? You think about this person that you have this relationship with that you're very close to, right? And, you know, this is somebody that you're spending a lot of time with, that you're texting throughout the day, that you're developing this ongoing personal relationship with, right? You know a lot about them. They know a lot about you. You guys share experiences, memories, so many different things with life. You're doing life together with this person, right? Right. You don't just know facts about them, right? You don't just know, their like, with you, Mal, right? You're a great example, right? Like, I don't just know now where you live because I'm here, right? <laughs> All right. Um, 
So, so we're good, everybody. Keep going. Perfect. Yeah, so <laughs> even when I think about my relationship with you, my, like, my friendship with you, right? Yeah. Like, now, of course, now that I'm here, I know where you're at, right? Right, right. But I've, I've known that James was your brother, right? Because you introduced me to him. Um, of course, we're part of the same church, so I knew that about you, right? Um, that's what united us together. So I knew about your faith and different things of how that's speaking to you, but I also knew that you're kind of like a hustler, you're an entrepreneur, right? Because not only are you doing this, but you got the pink rose. Yeah. Yeah, I knew about that. I remember that. Exactly, right. Yeah. Shameless plug, right? <laughs> right. You know, and even more so though, right? So that's a good I, I, that's a good example of facts that I know about you. Right? I knew that you went on that trip to Israel as well. Yeah. That like yeah. sparked your wanderlust yeah, journey, right? Yeah, See, yeah, these yeah. are things I know about you just yeah. by like, and, and again, I'm not like crazy following your social like all over everything, but I, I just, through my friendship with you, yeah. I've learned these things, right? But then to take it a step further, right? I can now start to see things about your heart because I know that you don't just hold this podcast like just for fun, but you love to engage with people. You love to learn about their hearts and what interests them and what they, even this whole um, podcast, make it known by now. Like without you even saying anything else about that, I knew when I heard the name of the podcast that you want to make, like you said, you want to make things about us know, like you want to make people and their passions, their hearts, desires, like known because you want to help the world to, to learn. Wow, you know, you want to help the world to like become the best versions of themselves through us expressing the things that we're most passionate about. Yep, that's it. Exactly. You wow. Know? But that, that goes so deep because that's a heart that really compassionately cares about people. You know, you see people as so worthwhile and having something so special to contribute. And you want people to be known and to be recognized and to be seen. Wow. You know, and then we talked before about your passion for law and then even getting people of um, the Christian faith more represented in law, specifically yeah. women, right? Yeah, and so politics. In politics, yeah. right. There's yeah. different things yeah. that really showcase you. So what I'm trying to say with that is that, you know, it's so easy to know facts about God. Like you can know, you can just read a bunch of things about him, right? Mm-hmm. But then actually not have an experience with him. And this was the biggest thing that actually happened in the Bible back in the day. Like Jesus was saying, and I actually have a verse here. Let me see if I can find it really quick. But um, something that was so powerful, these guys, you may have heard of them, you know, through just casual listening or, or media or whatever, right? About Pharisees, right? You've definitely heard that word before, yeah. right? Yeah. Anybody, mm-hmm. even non-faith, you've heard that word. And mm-hmm. what this was, was a, a religious person that was basically reading God's law day and night. And it wasn't even uncommon now that in the Old Testament, these guys would memorize the entire Old Testament word for word. I mean, every single book. Like, seriously, thousands of words memorized. Oh, wow. Yeah, because back then, it was an oral society, so they didn't have any... Uh, yeah, like right. Have, yeah. Right. Like on their phones, they can't just pull it up. Exactly, yeah, and even written, even written text, and it wasn't as common among, you know, just common people because yeah. it was more preserved for like the synagogues and, you know, more the ruling class and things like that. They had to have those materials ready for other people that were, um, you know, politically inclined and things like that. That way, they had it ready. So what I'm trying to say is they had to kind of keep things memorized off the tip of their tongue, right? Mm-hmm. But the whole thing is these people that were the Pharisees, they were walking around, they were engaging the people, but they were learning all these laws because the Bible told them to, to basically meditate on the law day and night. So they were learning on it. They were meditating all the time. But the thing was, it was getting to the point where they were like oppressing other people that didn't know it to the same degree as them. They were using um, what they knew unjustly. It was a perversion, right? They were abusing their power. And Jesus actually said to them in um, John 5, 38 through 40, I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures right now. It says, nor does his word dwell in you for you do not believe the one he sent you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life these are the very scriptures that testify about me yet you refuse to come to me to have life so what jesus was saying was all right pausing for one second everybody oh wait there's a sermon where he like saw him in the 
Okay, everybody, we are back. Technical difficulties. As you can see, the screen is a little bit wider, but that's okay. Everything's fine. Um, we're just going to get back into it. So, Chris, can you read um, John 5, 30? That's what you were talking yes, about. Yes, of course. So, John 5, 30 uh, through 40, or chapter 5, verses 30 through 40, it says, uh, Nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. You study the scriptures diligently, because you think that in them you will have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So what Jesus was really um, embodying and really expressing here was this idea that these guys, these Pharisees, which we talked about before, these religious leaders that can memorize the entire Old Testament, a portion of the Bible back in the day, word for word, like seriously, every book word for word, because it was more of an oral society. You know, they, they didn't have, like we said, technology and different things to really keep that. So they had to like rely on their memory in order to talk about things. Um, they were studying these things and just, they were learning all the facts about God. You know, they were knowing um, all the things that he did in the Old Testament, you know, every miracle. They were knowing every single letter uh, or word of the law. Like I said, they knew all the rules and regulations. It was like, oh, I think it's 431 different laws that have been actually numerically like accounted for. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. It's very rigorous. Like yeah. there's no way for anyone to meet it. And God never intended for people to meet it. It was to show them that they needed him as a savior, him as a person that's going to actually be in a relationship oh, with them yeah. to have life, you know? Yeah, And that yeah. was the main thing. Like, these guys were missing the whole point was that it's not like, you know, I want you to actually follow every single one of these laws because I know it's not possible for you to follow these laws. But I want you to come to me and realize that I'm the source of your life. I'm the source of, like, you know, salvation. I'm the source of everything that you need. And, like, I want you to have that relationship with me. You're not complete except with that, except with me. Right. And that's why he was doing this. So the main thing I want you to see against, you know, religion versus relationship is, again, religion is so concerned with, knowing the facts about God, right? And actually becoming like God without God. Ooh, that yeah. was good. So religion tries to become like God without God. Religion will try to employ different methods. You know, religion is very impersonal, but a relationship, of course, is very personal. You know, so religion is going to employ different methods. They're going to tell you to do different things. You know, you have to, like, give money to the poor. You have to, like, fast. You know, you have to go periods without... Um, you know, drinking alcohol or eating certain foods, you have to abstain from, you know, sexual, even if you're married, you know, you can't do certain things. Um, you know, you have to live a certain way, you have to sell your possessions, you have to be very pious, you know, you, you have to be like a monk, whatever, there's different ways of in terms of like, living religiously, right. But all of these are trying to rid someone of like this kind of like hell bent cycle that they're stuck in. It's trying, they're trying to escape life, they're trying to escape yeah. all of this, like, kind of like oppression of like, you know, my sin has caused these problems, I have to like escape them, I have to get like, you know, nirvana, or I have to get some type of enlightenment, or like I have to break the cycle, right? Right, right. But re relationship teaches you through God that like it's impossible for a person to do that. You're not meant to break any cycle. Like the only real wholeness of life comes through knowing God. Like, Ooh, yeah. You know, and that's the main thing. So, you know, just to, to make this even more relatable, you know, think about who, who's your favorite like uh, musical artist or, or actor or actress? Uh, Demi Lovato. Okay, Demi. Ooh, Demi. Yes, okay, yes, I'm yes, a big Demi fan Lovato. of Demi too. Love Demi Lovato. Not just because her voice, but she she fine. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? no, Ooh. she is. I'm oh telling God, you, like hot, goals, yeah. goals. Yeah, she, she's very realistic too. Yeah, I love her. Like, if you go through my um, like music, like she's my most played artist specifically this year. Right. And she just, I don't know, she's just so good. And like, yes. oh, anyway, keep going. I can no, talk all day about Demi. Uh, for real, and in her Instagram post, you know, my, yeah. my girl follows her heavily too, and I've seen her post, and, you know, with her post, she's just very authentic, and mm -hmm. I, like, I remember she was showing me this post where she was showing, like, a picture she took, like, with and without Photoshop, and, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying, like, yeah. how so much of Instagram, like, even big celebrities like herself, like, you know, who's singing the national anthem at, yeah, you know at the Super Bowl, oh, she's so amazing, crazy yeah. stuff, right, yeah, but she's yeah, being yeah. honest, like, hey, like, don't let 
just what you guys see with my highlights, like, you know, confusing because there are things that I, I, I fall into the place of trying to cover it up too. And that's what religion tries to do is try to cover up all those imperfections mm, all yeah. the time. They're trying to show you this reality that's not real, that like, we're going to make mistakes. We're human. We're imperfect. It's, there's nothing that you can do to escape that, you know? So, but anyway, imagine for Demi, right? Mm -hmm. That, you know, and this is actually a perfect analogy because unfortunately, as much as you love Demi, I love Demi, right? Right. It's easy to know facts about her. Like she sang at the Super Bowl, right? We yeah. see her, her, her posts on Instagram. You can, yeah. you may even know like her albums, like, you know, her yeah, singles, yeah. her EPs or LPs, right? You may know which ones like charted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kind of. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, but I, I know what's popular. And what's right. Not. But there's yeah, some yeah. hardcore fans that know every fact. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. And they know like which ones got like nominated, which ones actually got accolades. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. one won international awards overseas. Like, yeah. Then just hit the U.S. billboard, but like hit the European ones. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. they'll know everything about Demi. But the thing is, like, they don't really know her. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's true. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they, they know facts about her, but they don't know, like, unless you have, like, her email or, like, her personal cell phone number, and you have that direct tie to her, you don't yeah, know that. you don't know her. You don't know the ins and outs of her daily life. Yeah. Other than what she posts on, like, an IG story or, like, posts on her Instagram or, or tweets or something. Yeah. You don't know, like, what she's going through. You don't know, like, her daily conversations with friends. You don't know, like really who she is yeah you just have yeah. an idea of what you think and that's the whole idea again against relationship versus religion religion you have an idea of god you have an idea of you know what he's about but you don't really know him you don't really know his heart like god has you know what they were talking about tonight that most people like i think is a, is a misconception about god you know is that like god doesn't like get this disappointed and not about us but like with his own heart like god has desires too Mm, you know, yeah. God has things he wants fulfilled in the earth too, and he's relying on us to do it. Yeah. So think about when you have a um, an argument with somebody, you know, and, and, and pride comes up and you guys have differing opinions and, you know, you, you feel like you're right and then they feel like they're right and you just, like, you know, I'm not going to text them, I'm not going to talk yeah. to them. We've all been there, right? Yep, yep, yep. Think, think about, about somebody else. Right. Think about how much <laughs> God's heart is broken yeah. in that moment. Like, that's not what he wants. That's not his desire. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he wants to see you guys happy. He wants to see you guys come to a place to learn from each other. Yeah. And, you know, even taking it back to scripture, Adam and Eve, like it was not God's will for them to sin. Like that was God's dream being delayed. Mm, you know, sometimes yeah. we forget that God has dreams. He has desires too. And they're being delayed every time that we choose to be, and I don't even want to say disobedient, but just choose to do our own thing. Yeah. God is missing out on the things that he wants to see for our lives, the, the positive things. You know, when you get into an argument with your spouse or when you um, try to numb yourself right like self-medicate whatever that may be for you right whatever you try to escape the the different worries the different troubles of life god is not happy with what's happening not in the sense of he's angry or he's he's mad at you but the sense of like he really is hurt because you're hurting your heart you know he doesn't put rules like a lot of times you see him as rules right mm -hmm. he gives us like a rubric or a framework for how to live not because he's trying to like restrict us from having fun but because he knows how our hearts are going to benefit the most if we were to actually live by that. It's it's a way it's it's their guidelines to help us see where the most life comes from. That's what he's trying to lead us to. Jesus said I came to give life and life more abundantly. And he's trying to he's trying to guide us into that life, right? He's trying to like a horse, he's trying to bring the horse to the water. He's trying to help us to drink you know the real life <laughs> that we could have, the fullness of life. But every time that we choose to want to drink soda or drink coffee or do our own thing, we're actively rejecting like what God is telling us is the best. He designed us. He knows what's best. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Wanna... No, that's good. That's good. Um, let me ask you the next question. Uh -huh. Same topic. Sure. So 
we know the difference now between relationship and religion. So mm-hmm. how do you develop a religion? I'm sorry, a relationship. How do you develop a relationship? And like, what are some practical things that we could be doing to like work on a relationship with God? Mm-hmm. So I want you guys to take a moment, you know, as we're talking about this again, to just think back about that first prompt I gave you, you know, think about like, you know, your bestie, whether it's your mom, whether it's your dad, whether it's a significant other, you know, it could be a friend from college or high school, you know, it could be your brother, it could be anybody, right? Who's your bestie, right? Yeah. Everybody has somebody that comes to mind, right? Yeah. So when you think about this person, this is probably, I mean, I'm talking about the top person, y'all, not like, you know, you got two or three, like we're talking yeah. about the number one. Like we all got actual friend, not an acquaintance. All right, we all got that one person that's like our person, you know? Yeah. And think about how often you, you probably talk to this person. Like, this may be the first person you hit up when you wake up in the morning. You know, this may be the, first, the last person you talk to before you go to sleep, right? And right. then throughout the day, there's mad times you're just hitting them up. Now, the reason I bring this up is because a relationship with God is just like that. Mm, <laughs> okay? Yeah. And I think that the church has done a lot of harm in the sense of that we focus so much on, like, you know, starting your day with Jesus, starting your day with God. Yeah. Like, Get up at 5 a.m. and, you know, read for, for 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah. yeah. Pray for an hour. Yeah, pray for an hour. And, yeah. I mean, but, like, you know, think about your bestie. When you, the first thing you do in the morning, do you call them for an hour and just sit on the phone with them? Like, yeah. you don't do that with them. Why are <laughs> right, we doing right. this with God? Yeah. He's a real person, too. And I think that's the main thing that we have to realize first is that God is a real person, just like any of our other real friends. Just because you don't physically see him or physically hear him because he's a spirit doesn't mean that he thinks any less about the relationships that we have. Hmm, you know, yeah, he's just yeah. as authentic. He's just as real. Again, he has emotions. He has desires. He has dreams. He has, you know, you can ask God about his day. I know it sounds crazy because we just don't do it, but he wants to ask, he wants you to ask him, how's your day going? And I bet you he'll talk to you. I bet you'll actually hear from him, you know, and we'll talk more about like actually how to receive yeah, that. Okay, but the whole yeah, thing yeah. is like, <laughs> just as good as that feels like, wow, I can talk to a guy like that. Like, yeah, that's the truth though. Wow. Yeah. And I never thought of that. And that's what we're really missing out on is that like God is so authentic. He's so real. So the first thing I want to say is that you got to understand that God is a real person. Just as real as you are, you know, God is real too. The second thing is that you've got to be real with him, just like you'd be real with anyone else. So this is the main way that I really develop my relationship with God. But, you know, um, another thing that, another exercise, and forgive me if I'm talking fast, I'm just very excited to be on here. (laughs) But uh, something that God was speaking to me was that, you know, imagine when you have anxiety or fear, right? Or mm-hmm. or you're distraught or you're stressed. You know, and imagine it's something that really is bothering you. Like right now, you know, we're filming this in the midst of the pandemic. So the coronavirus is something that a lot of us, even as we're going to the store, we're thinking, oh my God, am I going to get it? Mm-hmm. You're just thinking that, it's right? Just, it's on your mind. It's on your mind. Yeah. It's on your yeah. mind. Let's that's be real All about everybody it. talks about, all that's on the news, the virus. Right. It's a very real thing, right? Yeah, But God yeah. doesn't want us to have fear. But the whole thing is a lot of times we... We hypergeneralize and we're, we're thinking about things that, again, like, you know, fear says what if, but faith says even if. So fear is always a speculative, oh, like you know, what if, what if, what if. And I got the, the even if thing from another church too, just so you know. Okay. But, <laughs> but the thing is, like, the whole idea is that we're always speculating in the future, right? And what God was telling me was, whenever you feel fear, whenever you feel anxiety, who do you run to first or what do you run to first? Mm, that's so, good. Do you hit up your bestie? Yeah. Like, yo. I'm really worried. Can I just talk this through with you? Do you get on Google? I get on Google a lot. Yeah. When I read something or I, I feel like, oh my God, you know, that food I just ate, that was that food good? Like, yeah. am I going to be, <laughs> was it spoiled, bro? Like, I don't know. Right. I just start Googling. <laughs> the other night, I was telling my friends, I went for a run and afterwards I had this really adverse reaction to my run where I was flushed and had goosebumps all over my body and it was a really weird thing, man. And I actually like threw up so it wasn't the best situation. Oh yeah, because I, 
I ran on like a full stomach like not too long after I ate dinner and Oh, I think I saw that on Facebook. And I've, I've done that before and I've never had weird problems, but this time I had a really weird reaction. It was really bad. Yeah. And I mean, it was super bad, but my first thing is to get on Google and figure out what's going on. Why is this happening yeah. to me? This is scary. But the whole thing is God was showing me what you run to first when you feel that fear, that anxiety. Yeah. That's really what you believe. That's really who you believe your God is. Mm. That's good. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but the thing about this is the person or the thing that you're running to first is where you're trying to find security or refuge in. Right? And if you're running to a person, if you're running to Google, that's what you believe God is because that's where you're looking for your peace from. That's where you're looking for your help from. Yeah. And that's supposed to be God. Yeah. So just to take this back to the relationship place, you know, what I started to do for me is to make it as personal as possible. You know, when I'm thinking about my dreams, my desires, things with my my significant other, right? Like going to that next stage and just thinking about her. You know, when I have anxiety, I just ask, I just talk to God, you know. Right now, I have anxiety about this next step in the relationship, where we're going, you know, how it's supposed to happen. I just talk to him. I just talk to him like I talk to Mal. You know, I talk to him about, like, my dreams and, you know, my plans for the future, which, you know, sometimes they're so, you don't know all the steps, you don't know what to do, but I just give it to God. You know, there's a verse in Philippians that says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So this goes right to that. Even when you feel that anxiety from, oh, my God, I'm going to the grocery store. God, can you just please protect me? Like, confiding in him, he hears your prayer. And even if you don't, necessarily a cure a voice immediately back responding audibly it doesn't mean that he doesn't hear you it doesn't mean that he's not taking care of you right but this is how you work on a relationship just like you work on a relationship with your friend me and you whatever you've got to do this practically with god too it's the same exact thing yeah you know it's the same exact step and then the finally the one that i really want to hit because i know this is the most practical thing that you're you're talking about is to just be be you be practical yeah yeah you know so if it's not if you're if your thing is not getting up at 5 a.m in the morning to read the you know the word for 30 minutes that's not what you should be doing but you know start with one devotional if it's a podcast listen to a podcast if it's worship music you know if it's talking to a friend about god having those god conversations do that yeah you know do what works for you what you enjoy the big thing that i want you guys to get is that the bible says that um in second corinthians 9 7 that god delights in a cheerful giver now, this is talking about like tithing and giving in the church, but this applies to every area of life. You know, you should never do anything out of reluctance or compulsion or obligation. I mean, anything that's yeah. forced is no longer real. Yeah. You know, now you're becoming a robot. Now you're doing things because you feel like you have to because, you know, religion will force you to do things. Yeah. If you don't do this, you're going to go to hell. You're going to be in trouble. And I think growing up Christian, that is something. And like, I don't want to say because I don't think our parents did a bad job, mm-hmm. but I think that's definitely the as kids our mindset was that it was very much we are we're supposed to do this so let's do it right you're supposed to do that so let's do it exactly. and that's where the religion came from and that's where it was hard to develop a relationship because you were just doing you feel obligated mm-hmm. there's no longer free will like, yes right. um and that's how i feel like just a side thing we're gonna talk about it later yes. but like with the whole going to church thing like that's why when i see people that are like our age and are in your 20s going to church freely mm-hmm. that's how i Personally, I, in my head, I'm like, okay, that's a little bit different than when you're in high school. Because in high school, you're obligated to go to your parents. No matter what, most parents, some parents, you know, let their kids do whatever. For example, my parents, we had no choice. Like, you wake up Sunday morning. Most kids are going. Right, right. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, we had to go to church. Whether we wanted to or not. Oh, yeah. But, like, once you get in your 20s and you see people going on their own, it's just a little different. Like, And that's... A very good example. Like, that's a good religion versus relationship. All right, keep going. No, I love that. And that's the main thing that Mal is trying to, I think, express and that I also want to talk to as well is that as you get to those ages, you become more autonomous. And that's how it should be. Your relationship with God should be authentic. Mm-hmm. It should be autonomous just like it is with everyone else. You have the choice with what you want to do. God is not forcing you. And he wants you to know that 
you have the choice. You know, I mean, he believes in free will so much that he died to make sure our free will would always be preserved. I fully believe that. God does not want robots. He created people to be different than the angels that are always worshiping them and just kind of doing it because they have no other choice. Like God created us to have a choice. God created us to be able to choose whether we want to have life in him or not. You know, even when Jesus came and he said, I'm the way, the truth, and life, all these statements, he wasn't saying, if you don't believe this, you know, he wasn't forcing people to just do what he wanted them to do. He still gave them the option. Okay, you can have a relationship with me or you can just, or not, but it's your choice. Yeah. You know, ultimately, the choice is up to you. And that's the thing is like religion will take away your freedom of choice. Religion says, unless you do this, you're screwed. Yeah. You know, with God, it's like, no, I'm here. I created you. I want to have a relationship with you. I have something that will cover the issues of life. But if you want to try to, you know, do this on your own, you can as well. That's, that's up to you. But his main thing, it's not even about, you know, so many times with the Christian faith, we get stuck on salvation versus not salvation. That's the whole thing. And that's not it. You know, Jesus actually said that. In John uh, chapter 17, he said, this is life eternal to know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ who you've sent. So what he was saying was that uh, salvation or eternal life, all that stuff, is in knowing God, not in following rules, not in just being saved. But really what it means to be saved is to know God. It means to, to walk with God every day, to walk in your purpose that he gave you. And that's what he's trying to tell us about. So I know, again, that this is a lot of faith-based concepts for a you know, more traditional podcast. We're talking about a lot yeah. of things. But it's just so important to know that God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to know you personally because he, he does, but he wants you to reach back out to him. Yeah. You know, he can't force you to do that. And that's yeah. what we really want to focus on with this segment. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, that was really good. Nice, good. Glad <laughs> you enjoyed it. <laughs> that yeah. was good. Um, yeah, for sure. So the next one is the importance of belonging to a church. That's the next question. Okay. Like, why is it important? And I guess it's two parts. Um and how do you find a good church? And, like, what should you be looking for? What should you not be looking at? Like, what are some signs of, like, a not a good church, I guess? Mm -hmm. But not, don't, not, okay, not a good church. In, well, never mind. We'll get to that in a second. Just say what is important about belonging to a church. Let's start off with that. Yes. So, <laughs> and I know this is, again, a big thing because as young adults in our 20s, we've had those conversations. You know, why yeah. I got to go to church when mm -hmm. I got Jesus right here in my home? Yeah. What you mean? I ain't going out nowhere. I ain't got to go meet these right, people, right? right. Or and church at 9 o'clock is too early and so is 12. I'd rather go to 5, but they don't have something at 5, so I'm just not going to go. Yeah. Right. And that that's a good one right there. I love, I'm going to just speak right off of what you just said right there and go from there. So one of my favorite verses that I actually incorporated into this as well is Philippians 2. Uh, I think it's 221 or 222. I, I think I may have missed the number. I think it's 222, but it says... Everyone is concerned with their own, own interests, not the interests of Jesus Christ, you know? Mm. So that's a powerful thing. When I read that, I'm sure I've read that verse so many times over my life, but when I recently read this a couple weeks ago, it came alive to me. And I was like, wow, like this is the church that we're serving in right now in the West. You know, so much of church has become about, and again, like this is my big challenge to you. If you are thinking about having a relationship with God, what does that mean to you? Like Matt was saying, don't just go with the flow because, um, and there's a, a, a movie that just came on the screen that said, just go with it. And Adam Sandler was like, <laughs> but don't just go with it. Like, yeah, if, if, yeah. You, if you believe that, like, okay, if you came up in a faith-based background, why do you believe what you believe? Why do you know what you know? Yeah. Don't just take it for granted that you have these things instilled into you and this is your worldview and that's just the way it is. Like, there's a reason why these faiths exist. There's a reason why your faith exists. There's a reason why you believe what you believe and you live where you live and you work at the job that you work at and you have the diet that you have, and you wear the clothes that you wear. All that stuff is an expression of you, and it's so important to know that. Like, you need to be asking, why do I do what I do? Mm -hmm. You know, you should really be questioning your beliefs and why you do what you do. So, oh, man, 
I think I just lost my train of thought. Importance of belonging to a ch- oh coming to church. The timing. Oh the yes, timing. the timing. Thank you. That's perfect. Perfect summary. Yeah. <laughs> so with this verse, you know, everyone looks out for their own interests, not the interests of Christ. Why do you have a relationship with God? Do you want God? Be, do you want to know God because you want to use Him, or do you want to be used by Him? Ooh, that's good. You know, that's so important to know. Do you want to use Him, or do you want to be used by Him? Right now in the West, we live in this huge consumer-based church where. It's all about going to church to have the perfect life, you know, so that God gives you a good life. He gives you the things that you want. You know, he gives you that happy marriage. He gives you that Mm. nice house. He gives you that great career. He gives you the things you're asking for. We, a lot of times we go to God like he's an ATM. Yep. Or a genie. Yep. You know, or an Uber driver. Just get me to my end destination. I want to sit in the backseat. I want to talk. You know, I got that last part from Holly (laughs) Furtick, but it's so powerful. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. And we've gotten so far away from like the original thing of, yes, we're supposed to be in relationship with God. That's our purpose. But it's also to fulfill, again, his heart purposes. We're here for him. He's not supposed to be here for us. Right. You know, of course, he's given us so much, right? He's given us everything, but he's put us here to also live and to accomplish his purposes just like he's accomplishing ours. So if you're saying to yourself, you know, I don't want to get up at 9 a.m. Why should I have to do that? You know, I want to do church the way I want to do it. Are you making yourself God? Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this is the thing we yeah. got to see is like when we get into this mentality of like it's about me and my convenience and my comfort. Mm-hmm. You know, we're making more of ourselves God. We're making life about us. And we're making yeah, ourselves God rather than it being about him. Yeah. And that's where we really need to reset and figure out why are we doing what we're doing? Like, why do I even want to have a relationship with God? Why am I pursuing this? Like, what does it mean to me? Really take time to dig into the depths of your faith and understand what it means and, and what the purpose is. Because you should not be doing anything blindly, right? Most of the things we don't do blindly. You don't just blindly pair, buy a pair of shoes that you're never going to wear. You know, you don't just yeah. spend money just to spend it. Like, nobody right, has money right. like that. Right. You know? So, when it comes to the church, what should you look out for? Why, why do you go to church? So, again, for those people that are like, you know, I got Jesus in my home, all that stuff. I totally understand where you're coming from. But there is such a power that comes in corporate worship. And God created us for community, you know? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite verses, it says that, um, it's in Genesis. Uh, let me see if I can find it really quickly for you guys. It's in Genesis 3. It's uh, it's right in the beginning of Genesis, and what? Oh, Genesis, yeah, Genesis two eighteen. I got it. It says the Lord God said, "It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him." Now, of course, this is talking about relationship with a man and a woman, but the whole thing is it's also talking about community. God did not create us to be alone. If God was, so many times people say, you know, God is everything. God is enough. You don't need anything else. Well, if God was really enough, why did He say Adam still needs something else besides right, me? Yeah, yeah. You know, He created man to have other people. Yeah. And another thing is God is communal. So it's Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. And we are a reflection of that. Yes. So if he needs three, which we can, that's another topic. But that's like great. there's yeah. three. If he needs three, then obviously we need more too. Exactly right. Yeah, that's going. so true. Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are a body with a soul, which is our mind, our emotions, our will, our character, yeah. and our spirit. So yeah. that's all a reflection of God as well. And even that Trinity that you were speaking about. But the whole thing is just to know that like God created us to be in community. It's not good to be alone. It's not yeah. good to go through life alone. Um, again, one reason why is because, and the biggest thing that I've learned is that you never know how you're going to bless somebody else at church with what you have. So again, this goes back to is, is a life about me or is life about me serving God? Because if it's about serving God, you go to church not just for the corporate worship and to interact with people and to meet people, but also because you never know how your testimony, how Something about you is going to bless someone else. How you're going to help somebody else in their faith. Yeah. Which is a huge part of it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, the second part, too, is just the isolation. And, um, you know, if you guys can just imagine, 
an analogy that the Lord gave to me is like a, gra- a, a glass prism, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. You ever see those glass triangles that you hold it up to the light and then all the yes. colors come through? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. So the reason that that works is because um, some of the most basic triangles with the least amount of faces, there's going to be like, I think, three faces or four faces on the triangle, right? It's a pyramid. Mm-hmm. And when the light comes through, it has to go through one face, but then also go through the next one to shine all the light. If it was just one face, it actually wouldn't bring all those colors, if that makes sense. Huh, okay. It's only when the light comes in and it's like refracted and it bounces off of one face to the next face yeah. that it goes forward and brings the whole dimension of colors. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, That's so it's, cool. it's the same thing with us. Like, you yeah. may have one... Ooh, in, yeah, that. we're going to talk about that too because I know you had a question on spirituality. I really want to yes, yes. divulge into that. But the whole thing is that you can have one interpretation of God in your own mind, one perspective, and you can be living in that. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. But the whole thing is, does that line up with what the word says? Does mm, it actually that's line good up? Too. Yeah, yeah. When, does that line up with the truth? You know, when Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life," that word "truth" in the Greek was actually this word called aletheia. It's a really powerful word, and it actually means true as in terms of reality. Mm. Jesus wasn't just saying that I'm telling you the truth. He's saying I am actual objective reality, ultimate truth. Like, I'm not just here lying to you guys. Like, I'm doing miracles. I'm backing up everything I'm saying because I am the real truth. Yeah. I'm not leading you straight. You can trust me. I can't lie. You know, that's what he was really saying. So the whole thing is, it's easy to have one way of seeing things, right? But that's why you need community. That's why you need support. Think about, um, we see this all the time with, you know, very um, unhealthy or abusive or manipulative romantic relationships or just relationships in general, maybe with family members or even at, at a job, your boss is manipulating you and, and trying to make you stay late and do different things and threatening you with your job. That's really bad. And a lot of times what these people do is they force you into isolation so that you feel alone. You feel like if I tell anybody, like, you know, if I, if I try to say something, something bad is going to happen to me. I can never tell anyone this, this dirty or dark secret or, or what's happening to me because it's so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they lock you into this place of being manipulated. And the whole thing is they don't want anyone else to give you that outside perspective of what's happening to you. How could you let this happen? This is so wrong. Cause the moment somebody that gets in that cares about you sees what's going on with you and they see how this person is manipulating you and making you do things, you're like, oh my God, you're so right. This is wrong. But while you're yeah. in that relationship with this loving partner that's abusing you or being manipulative or being controlling, you think everything's okay because they're, they're, they're manipulating your mind to see them in a distorted way that they want you to see them. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is not that like, you know, you're being manipulated reading the Bible on your own or anything, but the whole thing is that <laughs> It's so important to have extra perspective. Mm -hmm. We need extra perspective to bounce off what we're learning, what we're seeing, what we're thinking. That way we can know that, okay, is this in alignment with what God is really saying? Is this real? And we also do this when it comes to science stuff too. Mm -hmm. Like when you are uh, in school, you have to, and you're writing a paper or you're doing X, Y, and Z, you have to go through and you have to get other people's opinions. You have to go through and get other reviews. So why don't peer review? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So why don't we do that when it comes to the Bible, when Mm -hmm. we're reading things? Um, But yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. That's so true. And that's why it's so important to be in community. So again, um, I know I'm talking out about a lot of different concepts. I think actually finding a good church is the easiest part. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's okay. why I'm spending less time on that. But basically, again, think about your bestie. Think about your friends. Think about what, you know, if you're in healthy relationships, this is going to be very easy for you because it's going to be a reflection of what you already know. So you should feel warm. You should feel welcome. You should feel included. You should feel like the people are uplifting, encouraging you, but also challenging and correcting you as well. So you should feel like the things that they're teaching are challenging, that they're correcting, but they're not condemn, they're not um, condemning or shaming you. You know, condemning and shaming you is not from God. They, you shouldn't feel like you're locked in and that you don't have options. Like I remember some churches I've gone to where, you know, 
they almost make you feel like you're wrong for learning from other places, learning from other pastors. That's not that's a that's a method of control. That's not God. Yeah, you're yeah. Gonna, you're gonna feel freedom to be able to learn from other people to express what God is speaking to you. Yeah. Um, you know, even again, pride. We're gonna talk about that too. Like, I think a lot of churches that are not good, the first thing you see, you know, is pride. Like, you know, they're just really trying to know what we're saying is the number one thing. You can't even cults. That's how cults come up because yep. they believe that okay, like you know. What we're saying is the absolute thing, and if you're going anywhere else, then that's wrong. They're they're trying to like lock you into a, a doctrine or a dogma, yeah. And they're not willing. They're not allowing you to like really learn. They're not, yeah. Because they're trying to like keep you controlled, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isolated. isolated, back to the right. isolation too. It's not yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Expression of yeah. thought is so important. God wants you to express. He made all of us different. That's why God yeah. does this podcast. He wants you to express yourself freely and not have any hesitation or worry about that you shouldn't feel scared to talk about what god is speaking to you yeah you know and if, if you feel pride from other people especially believers you know and have this sense of arrogance about them that is a religious spirit that's something you yeah. want to watch out that's not good you want to stay away from that because these people are believing that they're superior like we're, we're all equal to god no one is more important than anyone else the bible talks about you know the church and different people being part of one body different members different functions yep. everyone there's no one that's indispensable or less worthwhile than someone else. Everyone is equal to God. Right. You know, it's so important to know that. So finding that good church, you're going to find the things, again, that you love about yourself, but also that you love about good people in the world, that they're warm, they're welcoming, that they're helpful, they're supportive, they're engaging. You don't feel like a number. You feel like you're, again, you're not indispensable, but that you're very necessary, even as who you are. They empower you. They let you take risks. They um, give you grace when you make mistakes. You know, all these things yeah. are very positive things with the church. Uh, the doctrine should be focused on God and exalting God, not exalting a brand or name of the church, not exalting a certain pastor or group of pastors, like, and they're teaching and making them, you know, highlight it. Oh, this pastor yeah, is, yeah. The, you know, whatever. Like, it should be a love of God and exalting his purposes and agenda above all else. You know, we, we see sometimes, I'm sorry I'm talking so much. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm looking down. You're good. You're good. Okay, I'm just okay. looking at the notes stuff. Yeah. We see sometimes on TV where we have these televangelists, you know, give me your money and God is going to, and it's like, it's all about money. They're not even worried, like, a real church is not going to look at you as an assignment or as a way to get a dollar. They're looking right. at you for the person that you are. They're valuing the relationship. That's what God values. You know, it's so important to see these things. Like a church that is concerned with themselves and is not a good church is one that's going to be just trying to get your tithe. And they want you to be there because they're trying to use you for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there are, unfortunately, there are people like that that have kind of gotten to their own agenda. You know, they're not, again, they're not focused on the interests of God. They're focused on their own interests. And this is how they're trying to fulfill them. So these are the ones yeah. you want to walk, watch out for. And it's very clear to see it when it happens, you know? Yeah. And I, it also, one of my pet peeves about bad churches, it just gives Christians and church a really bad name. I know people that will not go to church because oh, all they want is your money mm -hmm. and tithe. Exactly. I went to a church and you had the tithe and the, the pastor had all this, this and that. And we, the congregation or this, all these other things. Yeah. And I like, that is like one of my biggest pet peeves. Oh yeah, peeves. for like, sure bad churches i can't stand that but yeah okay that's good that was good um and then in the day like going to a church and being part of a community is so important mm -hmm. um i still miss my community i had in virginia um and some of you are probably listening thank you appreciate that um but yeah like that community part is so so important mm -hmm. okay so next question is um i mean you kind of sort of talked about it the community, but maybe just uh, talk a little bit about the importance of like having Christian friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I personally think you should, I don't think there's wrong with not having, um, with having a variety of friends. So I do think you should have friends that are Christian and friends that are not Christian. Right. Um, 
but I do think as a Christian, it is important to definitely have Christian friends. Like, um, yeah. So I guess just talk about why that's important, and then, yeah, we'll just go on from there. Yeah, no, I mean, we've heard these cliches before, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> you're the sum result of the, you know, what, four or five people that are, are the closest to you. Yeah. You know, all these things are so powerful, and, like, at the bottom line is every day your intake, right? Like, this is where it comes to – Maybe we'll talk about this later, but, um, you know, not conforming to the world, but being transformed, right? Like, how do we not go back to our old ways? How do we not go back to old habits and then mm-hmm. old, old ways we used to do things and old friends we used to hang out with and old ways of thinking and things that we don't even enjoy anymore? We don't want to be a part of that, but we keep going back to it. How do we avoid that? And the best thing to do is to be with people that are going to pull you up rather than people yeah. that are going to uh, pull you down, you know, yeah. or lift you up rather than pull you down. So, you know, I wish we could do the experiment, but, you know, it's so easy if, if – um, you know, if Mal was standing on that chair right now, it'd be so easy for me to pull her down. You know what I mean? Like when somebody's standing on a chair, it's so easy to pull them down. But, or is it? I think it's easy to pull someone down. It's yeah. Pull them down. I don't think it's easy to pick someone up. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Picking someone up is harder. Yes. I think. Yeah. So. But you can easily pull someone. Down. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah I, was missing, I was like, you like, like, dang, it's hard yeah. to pull people up too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why am I missing this right now? Yeah, the whole yeah, thing is, it's so much easier. Yeah, it's is hard. super fast, easy yeah. to pull them down. It's so easy. <laughs> and that's the thing is, like, you know, you may think that hanging out with these people is harmless. There's nothing to worry about. But just like that, it's easy to go back into old habits, old ways of thinking, old ways yeah. of being that you don't even want to be a part of anymore. Yeah. You know, so hanging out with people that, and I mean, this goes for the Christian faith, but it goes for anything you want to do in life, right? If Mal hangs out and she studies with people that are studying law with her, Right, that they're you know when you were studying for the LSAT, I'm sure there's people. There was times you hung out with people that are studying the same thing, going yeah. through the same questions, whatever. Like yeah, it's so much yeah. easier to hang out with them than like med students or, yeah. or people that aren't studying at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, you would go to your friend's <laughs> house where she's not taking any tests and not doing anything, just hanging out. Right, she's right. She distract you with Facebook videos all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's not a good environment. Like you're gonna go to a library where like you're studying around people that are also studying. You know, if you're a public speaker or you have aspirations of being a great speaker, you're going to watch videos on YouTube. You're going to meet other people that want to do the same thing as you. Right. You know, whatever you're doing, you're going to surround yourself with people that are in the same craft or the same cause or the same kind of like passion. That way you build like iron sharpens iron. You're going to build mm-hmm. your passions off of their passions as well. Mm-hmm. So, but when you're around people that, you know, are into something else, like it's so easy to be like, man, like what they sounds like. I remember for me, like, you know, growing up in high school. One thing I thought about is like everybody wanted to be a rapper. Like it's so easy, like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like to yeah. go back. But like when you hang, when you so listen funny. to the rap and you hang yeah. out with people that they rap and they yeah. sound dope and they just like spit lines, you know, I could do that too. Like yeah. just like oh, that. that you're like, is, yeah. You like forget, you know. Yeah. Or just even with sports, like yeah. different people that are on the basketball team, we you know high school is such a good place because it's such a molding ground, right? Yeah. Now that you're in your twenties, you know you whether you're gonna be a pro baller or not, right? right. You should know by <laughs> you now. You should know by now. <laughs> I mean, if you still like really getting looks and stuff, and yeah. you're playing overseas, okay, I'll give yeah, you. Right, right, you still right. got time, but if you're not anywhere, bro, you just playing right. on a pickup court. Yeah. At the Y, yeah. At the Y, you got the Y playing pickup ball. Yeah. Okay, bro, yeah. you're not gonna get it. Like, let's just be real. Bro. No offense. No but offense. Find another career. But that, that that really that really illustrates that really illustrates this principle. Like when yeah. you're in high school, you know, and you're hanging out with guys, and they they have a shot. It's so easy to be influenced, man. Maybe I can make it too. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the whole thing. It's like you got to hang out with people that are going to support your passions too. Yeah, and with the faith, it's so powerful because as you're still growing in the faith, you know, you would never put like a, you would never like have a preschooler come to school, and or kindergarten. Just imagine, you know, if you have a niece or nephew or whatever, 
you know, you know, young child. Imagine them going to kim- kindergarten and they just walk in and you leave them there. There's no teacher and there's lesson plans on their desks and they gotta mm. just. They wouldn't know what to do, bro. They just <laughs> start playing with the toys. Yeah, yeah. You know, like a kindergartner kid. Okay. And um, <laughs> another thing is, um, I've talked about this too. The biggest example for having like other like-minded Christians, specifically friends, is I think about like in college, and I'm not even talking about friends that you know, like the whole party scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not even talking about that. I'm just talking yeah. about just basic conversations. If you have a Christian worldview, some of the things that you believe and think are just not going to be the same as everybody mm-hmm. else. Right. So I don't necessarily think you should like ditch those people. Right. But I'll say for myself, it was hard talking about certain topics because literally everybody else believed one thing and I believe something else. Mm-hmm. And my friends weren't, you know, mean to me about it, right. but it's just, it's still harder just because of how we are, how we relate to people. And right. it's just, it's so much easier when you at least have one or two friends that you can have those conversations with, yeah. that you can talk about those things. And another thing, a tip I tell all, not all, but like if people ask me about college stuff, I say, you should join a Christian organization Mm -hmm. and they don't have to be your best friends. Like it's time to go get your nails done. If you think Sally is a little weird, um, you don't have to invite her. But when it comes to think like you want to still have her because you want to be able to still talk to her about things and you want someone that is always going to have your back and steer you in a good way. Not saying that people who aren't Christians don't have your back. But um, if they're not, you have no reason to follow a, um, the Bible if you're not a Christian. Right. So you want to do things that are biblically, spiritually led mm-hmm. and, you know, not having the Christian friend that will have your back and say those things to you, you might, you end up, you might not end up doing that. Yeah. And, and I just realized what you're doing. I, I missed the whole practical kind of side of this for people in our twenties, right? Oh, so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's easy to kind of get off course, but keeping you guys in mind, that's the main thing is right now you're in such a developmental, such a critical stage where you're trying to I mean you're really learning about your identity. So who you are, like what makes you you, you know, where are my convictions? What what do I stand on? You know, what do I really believe? You know, what what is gonna guide my life? You know, what principles, you know, make me who I am in terms of my belief, my faith, my ethics, my moral, yeah, my character, right? You're trying to figure out like your career, right? And where mm-hmm. you're going to live and, and who, you know, what do I see in a partner that's going to be the best fit for me? So like Mal is saying, so many times, like it's easy to see so much. I really, I'm going to use social media a lot because I think that's the main thing yeah. that can inhibit people. But, you know, social media, there are a lot of positive things, but there's a lot of negative too mm-hmm. that it really hurts. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to get on there. And if you're just learning about the Christian faith, it's so easy to just be scrolling and you see what other people have, what other people are doing. You're thinking, oh, that's where... You know, that's what's important in life. That's where the priority is, you know, and owning that car, having that house or having those followers or traveling or whatever. Like, and you get, you get caught up on pursuing these things as a means to life. Like this becomes your goal is, you know, like there's nothing wrong with you traveling, right? And enjoying the travel. But some people like that is like their only goal in life is to travel. And that's where they're going to find the fulfillment of this yeah. is the only thing that matters. And it's like, now you're getting lost where you're idolizing traveling or you're yeah. idolizing that house. Like. When you're starting to live for this thing every day, and that's all you think about every single day, and that's all you want, you got to be careful because now you've gotten into a place where, like, you've made traveling your God. You've mm-hmm. made having that house your God, that job, that career. Even for me, with my recent job, I realized that, you know, there's sometimes that you can have something that can be good, like a financial blessing. Like, I had so much opportunity at my work. I was working 60, 60 to 70 hours a week. Whew. Yeah, it was insane. It was really bad. And I was getting paid well from it because I had so many opportunities, but... The way I was seeing it, it was so distorted because I was like, oh, you know, God is blessing me. God's giving me so many opportunities to take care of my debt from this past relationship and where I was at. You know, I'm financially going to be so stable. Like, 
you know, this is a blessing. How can this be bad? I'm not doing anything wrong. But in reality, I was living to get rid of that debt. And even though God doesn't want you in debt, he doesn't want you living to get out of it either. He doesn't want you pursuing that more than him. Yeah. You know, my time with other things was starting to um, be cut short. My time with other things was starting to really, uh, you know, become stagnant. And I wasn't, you know, prior, even though I was saying I was prioritizing family or my relationship with my significant other or, you know, my hobbies and other things like that, I didn't have as much time for them. I wasn't prioritizing them like I used to. You know, I was missing church. I was missing different things like that. And you know what? You could believe what you want to believe, but... You know, what your actions show you is the reality of what you really want to pursue. Mm-hmm. Actions you know? speak louder than words. They really do. And, like, you know, we can say whatever we want to say about our time and what we believe is a priority. But, like, you make time for the things that are most important to you. And then mm-hmm. look at your schedule over 24 hours, 72-hour period, you know, a week period, right? What did you spend your time doing in your off time? You know, was it, like, entertainment? Was it, you know, pursuing traveling, maybe going to travel? Was it, you know, watching uh, sermons or self-help videos or things on YouTube to better yourself? Was it reading? Was it what? Was it spending time with people? What were you doing with that time? Because what you do with your time shows really what matters to you most. Whether mm-hmm. you want to believe it or not, mm-hmm. the numbers just speak for themselves. Like that is your biggest priorities, you know? So look at your priorities. Look at where your life is going. Look at what matters to you most. And, you know, is God there at the top? Is that foundation that he's setting the thing that's most important? Because that is really going to show you the reality of his relationship in your life and if he's a priority or not. You know, that's good. Nice. That's good. good. Um, okay. Um, let's see. What should we talk about next? Um, I really want to talk about this topic. Um, just because I think it's super, um, it's super in right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, I see a lot of people who grew up Christian becoming more like this. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. So the term, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Okay. That's so in right now. Right. I mean, you know, I've dabbled in the whole bumble thing. And a lot of people, a lot of guys will say that. If I say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm spiritual, not religious. And like everybody says that. Right. And people are now into doing like, you know, some crystals and like the right, sage right. stuff. And because it's all spiritual, but they still love Jesus and blah, right, blah, right, blah. Right, right. Um, why is that just, I guess, for lack of a distortion of the Bible? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so, so important to know, so important. And as Mal is saying, it's a really trendy thing right now. Yeah, and super trendy. Yeah, and I think we live in a big politically correct society where mm-hmm. um, just anything that anyone is doing is okay, it's allowed, it's permitted. Um, we don't really want to challenge people's beliefs, we don't really want to understand what's going on. But that's the big thing that God is showing me that it's so important that we do challenge. Yeah. You know, it's so important that we do ask those questions because nobody's asking them. Yep. You know, if I ask Mel, like, why do you love God? You know, like, who, who is he to you? Why do you have a relationship with him? You know, like, how is he being prioritized in your time? Like, you know, what does it mean? You know, we say that we love God more than anything in the world. As Christians, right? We, a right. lot of times we say this, right? Right, right. He's our everything. We're singing these songs at church. He's our everything. Yeah. Okay, if he really is, how are we reflecting that in our life? Yeah. How are we reflecting that with our time? Mm. You know, are we living life for us? Like, I think a lot of times we're fooling ourselves. Yeah. We're, we're saying that God is our everything. We're saying that, like, our life is no longer our own. It's his. But then we're still doing what we want to do. And, again, I'm not saying there's no time for free time or anything. Of course there is. Of course God wants you to have fun and express yourself and enjoy life. Right. But, like, is he getting the most of your time? Is he getting that highest priority? How are you incorporating him into everything that you're doing? You know, don't live this facade and think that you're living for him, but... You're still doing whatever you want to do. And again, that's not to say that you don't know him because of course you do. 
But the thing is, like, maybe maybe you don't, number one. And then number two, now that you do, how is that being translated to every moment of your life and what you're doing with your time? Yeah. You know, so spirituality is something that, again, just like we would, I've been questioning more. My my friends and the, their relationship with God, I've been questioning my own relationship with God. It's so important to ask these questions and to really ask why. Spirituality is another thing, too, that we have to ask people what they mean when they say what they're saying because it's so easy to be trendy and to be caught up in mm-hmm. what you feel and what you think. But just because we, you, you feel it doesn't mean that it's true. Yeah. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's going to happen. I like that. Just because you feel it doesn't mean it's true. Doesn't mean it's true. And you know what? The way that God designed our bodies, though, is that when we feel things, it feels like it is real. Okay? Mm-hmm. When you feel something, it doesn't matter what the truth says. It doesn't matter what Mal is saying. It doesn't matter what God is saying, what's going on. What you feel becomes real. Okay? You know, for me, I, I've talked about this a lot on my Facebook lives, too. There was a time where, you know, two years ago, I used to struggle with this concept of, there's just not enough air in the room. <laughs> I used to really struggle with this. I didn't know why. I would have this weird anxiety. Of you mean like actual air? Actual air. Oh, wow. And I can't okay. see it, so I don't know. And I was freaking out. And I would okay. really like do research. I was freaking out. I would have panic attacks kind of. Oh, wow. And no, it was bad. And I just had this random thought in my head one day that just caused this cycle to start happening yeah. for a couple months. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like every single day, but here and there it would happen. And it was very tough for me. But the whole thing I started to realize was just because I feel it, doesn't mean that it's real, but it feels like it's real. And that's yeah. the biggest thing. It feels like it's real. So how do we combat that idea that just because I feel it, um, we're good, we're good. Okay? just because I feel it, it's not real. And that's the thing. We have to go back to the word. We have yeah. to go back to the word. Spirituality is subjective. That's the crazy part. Spirituality is subjective. If that's I feel it. it, if I think it, it's just real. That's just the way it is. No, it's not. What if I said there was going to be a meteor that's going to hit this house right now in 10 minutes and God told me. Oh, don't get me started on God told me stuff. You know what I'm saying? Can, but, yeah, but that's spirituality. Yeah. Oh, well, it God's is, telling me there's a meteor. Yeah. We got to get out right now. Every, J- James! <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I can, go to a, I can go to a panic. Yeah. About yeah. What, like, I think God is telling me right now because yeah. I feel it. Yeah. So it must be real. Right? And there's people that even have said that, oh, I'm Jesus. You know, I'm Jesus back in the flesh. Like, I'm back. I'm Jesus yeah. in Christ. Like, literally, there's cults around the world that have started because of this because they feel like they're Jesus in the flesh. And these people die and then... There's nothing like the yeah. whole thing stops. Right, right. You know, and then there's people that oh, I, you know, I feel like I used to be a dolphin in my last life. Like, well, how do you know that? How do you feel like just because yeah. you feel that? Like, where are these? Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. it's so easy to just feel something and then it becomes real. Like, that's not the truth. Right. And that's why we have to go against, you know, what's subjective. So I actually have a verse about this. It's so oh, powerful. Perfect. Yeah. There's so much stuff that that's here. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. But it says. Uh, and while you're looking, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say this, like, um, this is really good talking about your feelings versus the truth. Mm-hmm. And I always, um, whenever I have conversations with my friends, especially people who aren't Christians, I always go like, you know, it, there are so many things that we believe and think that, um, that we just hold as convictions and X, Y, and Z. But at the end of the day, there is a truth. Mm-hmm. There is something that is true. Right. And I believe that we find that in the word of God. Um, there's no truth. It's impossible for truth to be relative because there ha- there has to be something that's true. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of uh, one of the arguments from my friends is like, well, how do you know that? Like, that doesn't make there has like for things to begin for. Right. There has okay. How to do we not have a, a measuring truth. stick to go from? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, we need a measuring stick. Yeah. So. And our measuring stick can't be our feelings because your feelings can change mm-hmm. in a drop of a hat. Exactly. Your feelings can tell. And I mean, even people, that's even like a concept um, 
in non-Christian circles about like not necessarily trusting your feelings. You might not feel like doing X, Y, and Z, but you still have to do it. Yeah. Or it doesn't negate the truth. Like your feelings does not um, just because you don't just because you feel like something that doesn't t- take away from the fact that that's just not the truth. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm really glad you touched on that. Oh, that yeah. is especially like um, it's just especially during this time. Like you said, it's a PC culture. We it's very hard for us to. Um, it's a PC culture, and it's also like a trigger word. Like spirituality mm-hmm. is like a word, like a, a nice word you say. You're trying to be PC, and it's also something that we all recognize because we've all heard it before. Right. Um, but yeah. So what was the verse? You yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I don't know why I can't find it in my notes, but uh, Proverbs sixteen twenty five. It uh-huh. says, "There's a way which seems right unto a man, but that end leads to death." So the whole thing is that, you know, this is spirituality 101. Like, this seems right to me, and just because it's right to me, you know, that means that, you know, I think that there are multiple ways to God, so there just are. Like, but that's not what Jesus said. You know, he said that I'm the Alethi, I am the truth. I'm giving you the true, I'm giving you the facts. Trust me. And then he backed it up with miracles, miracles that are still, you know, I've prayed for people on crutches and seen them. I prayed one person that had metal in their leg on crutches, literally every time they would go through the gate at the airport. Mm-hmm. The thing would go off because they had this procedure where there was a metal rod in their leg. I prayed for that metal to be melted. And literally now, they do not have any issues going through metal detectors. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, I've seen God do so many miracles. He's done miracles in my life. He's done miracles in other people's yeah, lives. Like, yeah. he's shown the reality of who he is, that he is the true God, and that he does miracles to this day to back what he's, his claims with power. But again, that's the whole thing is that, you know, there's a way that seems right to us, but then that leads to death. You know, we, we just because we feel like it's right, like you're saying, our feelings change so much. You know, you can't trust your feelings. You've got to look back yeah. and you've got to find that objective truth, you know? Yep. And the whole, like you're saying, that whole statement of, um, well, how do you know there's objective truth? And it's like, well, you know, the whole thing is that, like, you know, objective truth is 100%. Like, absolute truth is 100% true. Like, that's an absolute statement. Like, that statement alone shows that it can be true. Like, when you say, oh, well, I'm, if you ask somebody, how sure are you that truth is not absolute if they say 100%, then that means that's an absolute statement right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. They, go, they go 98%. Well, okay, now you're just playing games. Like, how you measure yeah. this? I'm like, what? You know what I'm saying? You're doing right. what you want to do, you know? Yeah. But the whole thing is, like you're saying, like, you know, that's why it's so powerful. Like, it doesn't, when it comes down to it with spirituality, it doesn't matter what God is saying. It doesn't matter what the truth. I mean, my mom was telling me about this person that she was talking to the other day. I think she heard somebody at the store. He was like, you know, I don't care what the truth is. I want to do it. You know, I'm going to, this is what I believe. It's like, dude, he's literally saying, I don't care what the yeah. reality is. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what science is saying. I don't care what anything. Like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Like, you're really going against everything. Like, this is why truth exists is for us to have a, a place like Mal is saying, for us to live life. Like, we have to live in accordance with the truth, not fake news, not just whatever facts we want to live by. Mm-hmm. We got to live with the truth. Yeah. You know? Especially if you consider yourself a Christian. Um, And I think that's, like this particular part is specifically for Christians because mm-hmm. if you consider yourself a Christian, no matter what we feel, because I mean, we're all, we all make mistakes. We all have sins and there's things that we all do that, um, displease God. But like, even if you are living in that, mm-hmm. there is an objective truth. Yes. There is something that is no matter what you say, no matter how you feel, no matter what is going on around you, right. that is true. So you have to live in that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, spiritual, the whole spiritual, the new spirituality stuff. And, you know, I don't, I think I'm going to do a specific episode on, um, like, new age stuff. But, mm-hmm. like, that really, I don't know why. That just bothers me so much, like, seeing people who are Christians um, 
fully diving into that and I just what you all you said about the truth and the way uh, Proverbs 16:25 I wrote that down seeing all that stuff that's just um, been very I mean talking about that has been very like on point and I think it really does encompass it goes to the deeper roots to why people get into that and like mm-hmm. why that's more um why it's becoming popular yeah and i think people are really just like you're saying now they're looking to like they want to feel something they want to feel something tangible they want yeah. to feel something real and control and the, con- that's the other thing too i think control mm-hmm. and and a lot of these people that i've talked to too that i've interviewed people from different religious beliefs or spiritual ideologies and things like that and they've talked about in their services how there's no talk of miracles or real power or anything it's just powerless and they admit that yeah that it's true and they know that and they still go on with it and it's like why would you live under something where again it's just like yeah you just live it just to live it like you right. know people are dying and that's the thing jesus gives something where you can tangibly feel feel his presence you can tangibly experience him speaking to you like you know i think a lot of times the reason that we struggle with our relationship with god in different forms is because there's just so many misnomers like we just you know, one of the, I think God is always speaking. I don't think he's ever silent. I really think he's always speaking. But the reason we can't hear him is because we don't believe we can. Yeah. You know, we don't think we can hear his voice. He said, my sheep can hear my voice. So if you know him personally, you're going to hear his voice. So I think the main thing is we don't know how his voice is kind of expressed. And because he's a spirit, it's not going to be an audible voice yeah. to your ears. Yeah, talk about like how we Yeah, for sure. So it's not going to be an audible voice to, to your ears. It's not going to be... You know, you just walking and then you see like, you know, lights and God is just like, you know, go this way. Like, you know, more than anything, he's going to speak to you through your heart. He's going to speak to you through impressions. He's going to speak to you through your thoughts. And that's the thought idea is something that's going to be really deep. It's going to take more time to get into than anything else. But the whole thing is that he speaks through impressions and desires that he gives us to, you know, follow a specific dream. Like I want to empower, you know, women to get into politics and more Christian women to be out there, right? Or he leads you to certain people. Like, you know, I can't tell you how many times God has, like, led me to text somebody at the exact moment. And in, in that moment, they were actually, they were sending me a text, literally sending each other texts at the same moment, you know, just linking us up. Like, there's a purpose for that. Or to pray for somebody all of a sudden. And I don't know where that person hits me up later. Like, you know, all these little connections where all of a sudden you just feel led to reach out to a person or to help somebody out. Or, you know, this is not like, this is not, um, what is it? This is not coincidence. Like, right. anything you see as a coincidence is really God. That's the truth when it comes yeah, down to it. Yeah, Anything. Yeah. And just the things that he speaks to your heart during the day, that he's teaching you about your life. He's teaching about, you know, um, your heart and the things that he's trying to to, uh, to refine, the way that he's trying to teach you, the way that he's trying to show you what it looks like to have integrity, to have character, to develop your heart, to develop a passion, um, to be more compassionate to people, to be more patient. You know, the moments where you feel convicted, right, he's trying to teach you to to go further. He's showing you what the model is. He's showing you where you can go and he's trying to bring you there. You know, this is how God is and all throughout the day. I think our hearts, there's things that are coming up that are bubbling to the surface, things that bother us, things that we want to know more about, things that like we question and God is speaking to us all the time about those things. He's trying to lead us to the way that he has us to go. You know, I think God is talking to us so much, <laughs> really. That yeah. But a lot of times we just, we ignore and we try to numb the reality of what's going on because we don't want to hear it. You know, we don't want to like That's actually, truth, you know yeah. what I mean? Like give in to what is happening because we're afraid of what will happen if we actually listen, mm-hmm. you know, and you actually... give up control. I think a lot of us really, yeah. that's, I think that's probably one of the biggest, when people get, want to get deeper into the relationship with Jesus, I think that's probably one of the biggest things is, um, you have to give up control mm-hmm. and I don't think we want to do that. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask two more questions mm-hmm. and then. We might have to come back another time. Okay. Um, cool, cool. But the next one is kind of um, it's kind of a two-parter. Mm-hmm. So it's 
when life gets tough, mm-hmm. um, how do you, like, what what can we be doing to make sure we stay trusted and connected with God? Yeah, so this is something that actually is a great um, segue from the last question. I'm very passionate about this one. Okay, good. Um, good. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's about emotional states, you know? Yeah, and, wow, yeah. Yeah, and this is something that God has really given me a lot of revelation on because, you know, we all go through emotions. We all experience emotions all the time. You know, we think science says we have seventy to 90,000 thoughts a day. And yeah, it's a lot. And, uh, you know, even even filtering those thoughts, you know, I don't want to talk about that right now, but the whole thing is not every thought is from you. Some thoughts are random, some thoughts are from God, some thoughts are from, you know, whatever. And the thing is, like, when you think every thought is you, you'll attach an emotional state to it, and then you'll start living by that thought, because just because it comes in your head. But not yeah. every, every, there's a lot of thoughts that are just random, but if you start taking ownership for them, and you say, oh my God, I had that terrible thought about this person, like, what if that's who I am? Like, now you start to live this life of that's your identity, but that's not true. You know, so emotional states are very powerful. When you feel something, the Bible says in Proverbs, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Again, when you feel something, it doesn't matter what the truth says. It doesn't matter what your friends are saying, what anyone else is saying. What you're feeling a lot of times just becomes real. But we have to break through those emotional states. We have to be in alignment with the truth. You know, so for me, going back to my thing with the air, all the times where I have this anxiety, literally physiological responses to, oh my God, there's not enough air in the room. I had to start to break free from that by remembering, okay, you know what? What is the reality? I'm not going to die. I didn't die 10 minutes ago. Yeah. I'm not going to die 10 minutes from now. There is enough air in the room. I'm going to yeah. be okay. Even though my emotions are feeling all of this anxiety and fear and like literally like I'm going to like have a panic attack, I had to actually sit there in my anxiety in these terrible emotions and realize, yo, you're going to be okay. And yeah. doing that enough allowed my brain to start realizing, you know what, just because I have this thought doesn't mean it's real. Yeah. I'm going to push through. So when life gets tough and we get into these places where we're down, these places where, you know, we don't think we're going to make it where we need help or we don't have hope where we're struggling at work or we're struggling with our personal identity or we're struggling with things that we're learning. We're struggling in a relationship or we're struggling with things that are outside of our character that maybe we did that we didn't expect we would do or things that we don't understand, whatever it may be. Right. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that we can do is to push past the emotional states that will like come in our brain. Right. Yeah. The things that our brain will start to say immediately, like don't go to church, you know, don't talk to friends about this. You know, if you say this thought to somebody, like I tell people that, you know, I struggle with having air in the room. That's crazy. You're nuts, dude. You're gonna, they're going to send you to the psych ward. You're, you're nuts, man. Like, that's the stuff your brain starts thinking. We mm-hmm. all have these thoughts. And literally, that's the enemy trying to keep you from opening up, from being vulnerable, from yeah. being broken, from reaching out for help. And through reaching out for help, through talking about it, you see how, like, really how crazy that thought is. And you're like, you know what? This is not anything. I don't know why I'm letting this trip me up. Yeah. But when you stay isolated, when you stay out of community, it's so easy to get thrown off. It's so easy to get to this place of, like, you know what? Dang, maybe this is my reality. Maybe I shouldn't talk to anybody. Maybe I should just, you know, maybe nobody will love me if I tell them this. Maybe nobody will accept me or or help me or maybe people will always see me weird if I say this, you know. But yeah. real life comes through being vulnerable. It comes through being raw. It comes through being as open as we can be. That's how God is with us. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing, guys, is when you feel those things, whatever the thought is telling you, don't go to somebody, that's when you know you should, you know. Oh, yeah, You see yeah. what I'm saying? Do the opposite. My pastor's wife used to always say, like, um... Because I'm always a, well, you know, I really don't want to bother you. And she was like, the moment you think that, you need mm-hmm. to text me right away. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> She's like, I'm really not doing anything. Like, you can text me. You will not bothering me. Yeah. yeah. And that's the reality. It's like, when we get hit with these emotional states and, you know, we're, we're feeling like we're being a burden or we feel like um, our thoughts are spiraling out of control and, you know, we just, we don't have help. And um, whatever it may be that you're going through, you know, when you have these, these, these states, I, I feel like this is why so many people struggle with like you know suicidal thoughts is because they have these things that they feel like nobody can accept them for and they're like you know the only way out of this pain 
yeah. and this misery of my mind is to just take myself out. I think that's why we, and even people that struggle with real mental illness, and I'm talking about like, you know, crazy stuff like being a pedophile or, you know, even just deep, dark stuff, right? Yeah. They should be able to go to the church and be like, hey, I'm having this weird thought. I don't know what this means, but I just need to talk to somebody about it. And yeah. a lot of times because they're so ashamed, there's so much stigma towards people that just struggle with things like this, that they're just the scum of the earth. That, like, we don't welcome them in. Yeah. And really, if we help them and give them counseling and talk them through their thoughts and help them understand, hey, just because you have this thought, you can break this thought cycle, you can break mm-hmm. this thought pattern, this is not real, they would get freedom. Yeah. And they would not become these people that they feel like this is their identity. They, they can't get out of these thoughts, so this is who they are. You know, I remember seeing stuff on YouTube with this guy that one day he just believed he was a dog. Like, he just started, all of a sudden, he just started thinking he was a dog. And now, literally, he lives a life where he sits in a pig pen. He's a grown man, like 40 years old. And I, yeah, I've, you, you I saw the saying? one with um, it's like it was a group of kids, and they all and the sad part, and this is kind of a segue, kind of not, but mm-hmm. like the sad part was it felt like everybody around them, like this one kid, I know that he he was something was off for him, and mm-hmm. like he was a little awkward, and you know if you don't have people in your life that are like, hey, you're a little awkward, but that's okay, there's yeah. nothing really wrong with you, right. your mind starts going, and his parents are like, oh, there's nothing we can do about it, this is just what he believes, right. and if you don't have any um, anybody backing the you up, anybody, right. yeah, the structure, mm-hmm. then you just keep going down that thought, and you can't talk it out with anyone. Right. But yeah, I forgot why I brought you brought that up. I that's the thing. They that, start to yeah. go down this spiral. They have yeah, these thought go, patterns yeah. that keep building. And I think <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. you know, this is so deep. I don't want to get too deep into this because I know it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. But the whole thing is, I think there's a lot of different identities that we adopt within ourselves that we just feel like we're this person or we feel like we're just this way and we can't yeah. get out of it. Yes. And you get stuck. Yeah. You know, and I think that there's freedom if we were able to learn and talk and yeah. not feel the shame of our thoughts. Yeah. That we would have freedom. So what I'm trying to say with all this is when you're going through a tough time, Okay, I want to get right to it. This is the most important thing that I know we're digressing a lot, but run to your pain. That's run what God. To your pain. That's what God taught me. Run to your pain. A lot of times we want to run from pain, right? We want to self-medicate. You know, we want to go to our vices. We want to go to things to mm-hmm. avoid it. We mm-hmm. want to ignore it. And the thing about pain is like the pain that's in your heart, the pain that is coming to the surface every day. You know, I think that when we try to avoid it, we're not doing anything but just prolonging the inevitable right one yeah, day we're gonna sure. have to deal with that or we're gonna carry it for the rest of our life yeah you know but god wants to give us healing for that pain and when we learn to run to it instead of running from it the faster you run to it the faster you get the healing the faster you can become more whole but if you run from it the longer you're going to live a fragmented life you know and i forget oh man that was a good revelation but i forget <laughs> there's something that means like brokenness it means fragments and i forget what it means but the whole thing is that you're living a fragmented life you're not your identity is fragmented yeah because you're running from the thing that you should be addressing it the thing that god is trying to heal in you he's actually trying to grow you every area that you're grow, every area that you're struggling in or that you're hurting in or that you have pain in is an area that god is trying to grow you in your identity you shouldn't be afraid of it you shouldn't be ashamed of it but when we do that we're prolonging the inevitable we're actually pro, we're actually Hurting and inhibiting the work of God because if we came to Him faster, we'd actually get healing faster. We actually become mm. whole faster. We could be more useful faster for other people to bless them, to help them, to help them get out of the place they're in, and to make the world a better place. But the longer that we sit there, the longer that we're stuck, the harder it is for Him to work because we're choosing to not allow Him in. We're choosing to put up those walls. We're choosing to be where we want to be at. Wow. All right. So, you know, there's actually verses John 15 1 through 3. Jesus talks about being the vine and, and the branches and things like that. And he says that, you know, his father who's the gardener cuts every tree that doesn't bear fruit, 
but also cuts the ones that do. So no matter what, imagine you were a, a vine bush, right? Mm -hmm. And God the Father has the clippers, and he's coming to you, and you're this vine bush, and you're stuck. You're like this lamp. You can't move. Yeah. And he starts clipping. You're just like, oh, what are you doing? Why are you clipping my branches? Because the whole idea is that you're a vine. He's clipping the branches. So as you're getting clipped, you know, imagine a plant. It must not feel good getting clipped, right? Yeah. It hurts. Oh, my God, this hurts. Like, you know, but the whole thing is he's clipping away all the dead things, so the bad relationships, the bad habits, the bad thought cycles, the things that you know you don't enjoy doing that you're trying to get away from, you know, addictions, whatever it is, he's clipping that, but then he's also clipping the good things too to make them bear even more fruit. So the good relationships, ah, yeah, you know, he's constantly yeah. refining you. He's constantly sanctifying you. This is what yeah. God does. He's constantly making everything better, better than it was before. But if you don't want any adjustments, if you don't want to be changed, if you don't want help when you're going through these tough times, it's going to prolong what he wants to do. So my big thing is when you're going through a tough time, it's so easy to run from help, run to your help, run yeah. to your pain, run to the people that's going to support you. You know, we all have those, those 4 a.m. friends. You know, who are your five 4 a.m. friends? You can call at 4 a.m. if you need help and they'd be there for you. You have yeah. to have those people. Call those people. Be there. Go to them. And uh, just, you can keep going, but I just want to say that. And honestly, um, and I don't want to, at least one of your 4 a.m. friends, I personally think should be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, one or two, I don't think it's necessarily bad if they're not a Christian, but at the end of the day, when it comes to certain things, they should be Christians because you need someone who's going to tell you the truth, right. like we talked about earlier, and if you don't know, if someone doesn't know the truth or they don't believe the truth or they think truth is relative, they're not going to tell you the truth. Right. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, I just no, wanted it, to say that. That's, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, you need somebody with that worldview that is really grounded in God and has that foundation. For yeah. You, you know? Yeah. So, so important to know. Um, God wants to make your weaknesses your weapon. Like your weaknesses right now to you, there's so many verses that talks about how God uses our weaknesses and turns it into strength. But what I want you guys to just realize is that um, God wants to use everything in your life, you know, the darkest parts of your life. He wants to light them up. He is the light of the world, right? He doesn't want you to be afraid to deal with the darkness because he wants to light up every dark. You know, if you imagine your, your whole heart as a house, right? Um, I guess maybe this is the last analogy I use, but you know, fix her upper by Chip and Joanna Gaines, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine they got that old rickety, like the really foreclosed beat up house that's really cheap, right? And mm -hmm. you want to just, okay, I'm going to ball on a budget. So I'm going to give them that old one rather than the new one. That way I can like really get it upgraded and redone. Yeah. Imagine as you go into that house, you know, you go to maybe some of the rooms upstairs and you say, you know what? This room and that room, I just don't want you to touch it at all. I don't want you to go in there. I don't want you to do anything to it. Just leave it broken down, just plywood and boards and just dusty. Just leave it the way it is and fix the rest of the house. Okay, fine. So then they go and do that. Imagine when you finally see your finished product, right? And then you mm -hmm. go upstairs and then people open the door and it's just the beat down room still. They're going to be like, dude, what is up with this? <laughs> yeah. Why did you have the whole house done except these rooms? Yeah. That's the same thing that we do with God when we allow him to have some parts of our lives, but not all of them. Ah, you know, when yeah. we allow him to have the parts that we want him to, but not the parts that hurt the most, the parts that... We don't know how God could ever fix this. You know, our faith yeah. is not even big enough to believe him for something yet. Yeah. You know, but when you get to tough times, don't go into isolation. Don't go and be by yourself. Run to community. Run to help. Run to the people that are going to be there for you and are going to lift you up, encourage you, and help you to live your best life. That's where you need to be. Yeah. You know, so important. That's good. I know I definitely struggle with, I, like, I just, the whole isolation thing is something that I'm definitely working on. Because it's hard because you don't want, like you said, like, sometimes mm -hmm. you just don't want to bother people you don't want to tell people yeah but yeah that's really good okay so last question before you make a known statement sure um is how what are some ways we can be a light to people at school at work and to show that we're separate um not in like a cocky way mm -hmm. even though we have every you know i think we have every right to feel cocky but we shouldn't be because that's not right yeah but what's a way that we can just 
be set apart. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Be set apart. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, in the Bible, actually the word holy, you know, we hear it a lot and we think of like absence of sin and just perfect and Mm -hmm. all that, but it really means to be set apart. It means Mm -hmm. to be different. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being uncommon, even among the uncommon is what makes you holy. So you think about like, even like Michael Jordan, right? That word could be used to him because he's like the greatest of all time, right? He's in those talks. Like he's not just... He wasn't just a pro. He's like the greatest ever. Yeah. Like he's separated. When you think of basketball, you think of Michael. Right, yeah. exactly. Like he's so separated that he's defining that thing, right? Yeah, wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so like, like he's uncommon among the uncommon. It's not even like, it's even even among Hall of Famers, he's like the, the Hall of Famer of Hall of Famers. Yeah. That's how God is. He's the God of gods, right? He's the yeah. Lord of Lords, right? Yeah. King of Kings, right? So God wants us to be like him and he wants us to exude that in our everyday life. So your big thing is like, when you go into your work environment or your school environment or home environment wherever you go your question should be how can i define the culture how can i become a common among the uncommon you know god wants you to create culture you know god wants you to set the standard he wants you to be the example so part of that i think is being that overachiever it's it's doing above and beyond it's showing excellence in all that you do you know that's one way of being the light showing that god is working in you that you're not going to settle for the minimum expectations or standards but you're going to surpass maximum expectations you're going to aim for that you want to show god's glory through you know like you want people to be amazed with your work, and then they ask, you know, how could you do such wonderful things? It's like, well, it's God working in me. That's the heart that he gave me. That's the integrity that he gave me. That's the light that he gave me to drive for that, to show off for him. You know, the way that we respond to people, too, our moral conduct is so important. Oh, yeah. You know, again, it's not about um, religion, which is like behavior modification in your own strength, but it's life transformation through Christ, through knowing God. He does the work on you. You know, religion tells you to do the work on yourself. God, uh, relationship tells us that God's going to do the work on us. You know, so this is so important to know, but when somebody's rude to you, you know, it's not making that snide remark, oh, wow, you rude. That's that's like a worldly thing to do. Yeah. Every time we do that as Christians, like, wow, you're rude. Like, we're shaming people that are being rude to us. And yeah. even though, I mean, we already know that it's rude, but the real thing to do is to respond in love. The real thing to do is, you know, forgive others as quickly as you want to be forgiven, right? Yeah, yeah. That's from my friend of Tali back in the day. But the whole thing is like, <laughs> you know, like, forgive or forgive quick. Forgive others as quickly as you want God to forgive you is what I meant to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, like that too. you know what I mean? We're withholding forgiveness. Do you want God to withhold forgiveness from you? Yeah. Why Oof. are we being like stingy with how we treat people with extending grace? We yeah. have to go against the mold. That's what Jesus was preaching. He said, you know, if somebody hits you on your cheek, give them the other one. If somebody asks for your cloak, give them two. Like, yeah. we need to be willing to be the difference to the world, to be the salt and the light. We have to be willing to really set the example in that way. So you know, even when somebody's not treating you with respect, you don't sit there and yell at them and demand respect back. You still give them respect. You still give them honor even when they don't deserve honor. You know, you give them grace even when they don't deserve it. You don't. You forgive them even when you don't feel like forgiving them. That's this is what it means. Yeah. You know, being kind, being compassionate, being patient. You know, showing that self control. Um, just being a friend to the person no one wants to be friends with. Right. Listening to the Holy Spirit, His prompts as He speaks to you. You know, to to befriend this person or or to help this person out or. You know, being willing to lend a hand, to take on extra obligations or responsibilities. Like, this is what God does. You know, you have to think like God. You know, God doesn't look at us and be like, you know, you talked to me too many times today. Or, you know, I give you help too many times today. Like, that's not what God does. Why do we do that with other people? Lending a hand. You know, responding to that text message. Not, you know, if a person calls you, like you say, you're you're a pastor. Like, oh, no, that's when you need to call me. Like, that's the quality of God. It's like, you know, if you need to call me 10 times today, you're struggling. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. That's what we need to be doing is being different than the world, which is the world doesn't want to call. You know, the world doesn't want to be bothered. Be bothered. More than yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to be the people that we, we're, 
we're not, you know, even if it does bother us because we're human, right? We're going to feel emotions, but we're willing to be there because yeah. that's what we really want to do. Yeah. That's what it means to be different. We want to be set apart. We want to live like God lives. We want to love like he loves. We want to see like he sees. We want to do the things that he would do if he was here. That's that's what it looks like to be be the light in, um, the, I think, these different example, in these different settings, you know? So, and part of that, too, is just being real, you know? Like, again, not seeing people as assignments, not just, you want to do the right thing for the sake of doing the right yeah. thing. Yeah. I like what you said really quick about not seeing people as assignments. Mm -hmm. I think especially those of us who are young and we're like, yeah, I'm going to do this for Christ. I'm right. A lot of times people see you stop having friends and you start like, well, this is my mentee. This is someone I'm, I'm helping. I know that they're struggling and I got to put them in my life to help yeah. instead of just like being someone's friend. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's, uh, yeah. That's no, for real. Thing. And even yeah. with social media, you know, you see this all the time on Instagram where Somebody will post a picture of anything. It could be food. It could be clothing. It could be working out. It could be whatever they're doing for the day. How are you spending your Saturday? And then mad people respond. All their followers respond. Yeah. And they don't. They don't. They don't respond to not a single response. Right. Right. Why are they doing that? Because like you said, they know the algorithm. They're yep. trying to get participation. Mm -hmm. But they're not really. They don't really value the participation of their followers. They're just doing that so that they're more relevant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're not yeah. even responding to these people that like are like idolizing or admire them yeah, heavily. They're yeah. just doing it to get what they want. They're seeing people as a means to an end. Oh, that's another dollar. That's another yeah. advertisement. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, like your follower, like Jesus followers were not just, he didn't, he didn't even want people to follow him. He only wanted the people that really wanted to have a relationship with God to follow him. He wasn't about having the crowds and the mass gatherings. You know, there's times where he even said things like, you know, there's a verse um, in John where he talked about like, you know, you, if you want to be my follower, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And that was crazy. And the people were like, yo, this is nuts. How can we understand what he's saying? Yeah. And he was talking about his death. He was talking about his sacrifice and what he was going to do. But it literally says in John 6, chapter 6, verse 66, which is like 666. But Oh, my. I know. That's a good <laughs> instance. Ooh, okay. But it literally says in John chapter 6, verse 66, that from this time forward, not many people followed him. Many people turned away. Because his teaching was so hard. So Jesus yeah. wasn't about just keeping numbers there just to have followers and to, and to be impressive. He wanted the people that wanted to worship God in spirit and truth. He wanted people that really cared about him too, that weren't just trying to use him to have a good life and get what they wanted. He wanted people that really wanted to know God. And it should be like, that should be like us too. We, we shouldn't just be like, you know, hitting people up and having relationships with them just to look good or whatever like we need to be like really wanting to know people just for the sake of knowing them yeah to be their friend yeah that's what it's all about it's like really knowing them because you care about that person like yeah i'm not just doing this because like i don't even think about the publicity with this like i mean maybe that i will get publicity i just literally thought about that right now for the first time yeah i'm just excited to do this to talk about like how i can help people yeah you know yeah. there may be publicity involved i don't know oh i hope so keep going <laughs> right that's, that's the whole yeah well, the whole thing is like, you know, I did this because Mal yeah. hit me up. She was you didn't have excited. an objective. Uh, there's no agenda. Yeah, yeah. yeah, agenda. That's what I meant. I just, yeah. I'm just excited. I, I have fun talking about this stuff. Yeah. So I want to be here with you and, and do this. Yeah, yeah, And I hope yeah. that people will benefit from it. You yeah, know? But yeah, More than yeah. anything, I'm getting to hang out with my friend. I'm getting to do something cool. Yeah, you know? That's yeah. what it's about. It's like, it's not about having that ulterior motive and, like, I hope I can get all those friends. You know what I mean? Like, and it's got to be so deeper than that. Good it's got to be deeper because than that. Because we definitely, I mean, the world do does that. that yeah. And we do that. Like, but we have to check ourselves. Yeah, yeah. that is so good. It's true. Man, that, it's right, true. that's good. And that's why you got to remember your why and remember why yeah. you're doing what you're doing. You know, because you don't want to exploit people. You want to look at people and understand that these are real people. These are not numbers. This is a relationship. And that's what it needs to be about first and foremost. And when we start kind of seeing things in that way, 
you know, and we're using things and using people. That's absolutely wrong. That's not God. God does not use people at all. Yeah. You know? and, and it, yeah. And it's okay if we have those moments where we, we think like, okay, I really want to like, hopefully, you know, there's nothing wrong with like, I want an ad for this. There's nothing wrong right, with that. Right, 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 you know? right, But it's not living for that thing. Right. You know, and that's not your only goal. Right. And when those emotions come, it's checking those emotions. The problem with the Pharisees were they knew they were doing wrong, but they didn't care. They're still going to keep doing wrong. It's like the guy I told you about before. I know what the truth is, but I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. That's wrong. Like, if you know the truth, you have to take that time to repent in sense of, God, this is wrong. I step away from this. You know, I want to do what's right. And take that moment to, like, reset yourself. And then that's where the real relationship comes in. That's what it looks like to repent. To be like, you know, God, I started going off on this, but I thank you for speaking to my heart. You know what? I'm going to keep doing the right thing. God, help to keep my intentions pure. Help to keep me on the right path. Because I know that there's a purpose in this. I know that there's... Sometimes things that can come from a different benefits, like getting an ad, getting some some money, but it's not about that. I don't want it to be about that. God, yeah. help my heart to be right. Check my yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah. That's the real. That's the heart posture God wants you to have. Is you're checking yourself. You're yeah. going back to the right reasons to do it. And that's a hundred percent being different from the world, being set that's apart. Exactly. Hundred yeah, percent. That, there that's, you go. I mean, that right there is the exact definition. Because right. I mean, so many things, so many people. There's always an agenda behind everything. Yeah. And, you know, I'm in, like, the politics, law field, or whatever, right. and, I mean, my friend and I were talking about this the other day. Everybody you meet has an agenda. Nobody wants to just, hey, let's hang out. It's always, oh, okay, what do you do? Right. Oh, okay, oh, nice. And then how did you get that? You know, and nobody yeah. cares about, like, who you really are, and to be set apart right. from those people will be to actually, like, genuinely care about people, right. genuinely want to have conversations. Yeah. Wow. It's breaking that mold, you know? Yeah. Really, yeah. Making relationships where they're supposed to be about a relationship with a person. Yeah, yeah. Like, for real, you know? Wow, that's really good. Okay, this has been super good. Yeah, oh, this has been great so time. great. Um, right around that 90-minute mark, man, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah, we I are. Like, yeah, so I, I was like, <laughs> now you got to I'm about to talk. I love it. I love this, so, seriously. No, this is good. So much fun, yeah. And honestly, I might have you on a little bit later to talk about, I mean, we pretty much talked about everything, because some of the things that, some of the exact questions you kind of talked touched when you were answering other questions mm -hmm. um but yeah so the last thing is every episode we have a make a known statement and that is if the entire world was listening to you right now what is one thing that you would tell them what is something super important that the entire world needs to hear okay so i guess for me the biggest thing is be authentic you know ah. be real mm -hmm. yeah and understand that you're put on earth more than anything there's so many things you could pursue but pursue a relationship with god that's I know you've probably heard that countless times before, but that is the realest thing that you can pursue. That is where the fullness of life really comes from. The wholeness coming against those voids, that emptiness, you know, living for our own purposes. God has put us here to know him, you know, and one of the biggest things that the world needs right now is that authenticity, that, mm -hmm. that, that realness and, and just being raw. And when you're raw, when you're open, when you're real, people will benefit. People can connect with you. That's where the real life comes in. That's that's how God comes in. He wants us to be open. He wants us to be real. So we have to get back to a place of just being real with one another, mm -hmm. you know, truly loving one another for the sake of loving somebody, caring about them. Yeah. And connecting with God. So that's the main thing. Be real, be loved, and, and connect with God. Like, understand that's why you're here. So. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much again, yeah. Chris. No I really appreciate it. And thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been the very first episode of this latest season. Um, I really think that this new season, everybody's going to love. And thank you everyone so much for listening. And you will hear or see me uh, next Monday. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you. 
If making known with Mal is truly providing you with valuable content, consider becoming a Patreon. You can become a Patreon for as low as $3 a month. This podcast isn't just for me, it's for us, all of us. Your contribution will help the podcast continue to improve and reach everyone that needs to hear this. Also, consider ordering some really cute merch. We have things from stickers to t-shirts, and they're all available at www.makeitknownwithmal.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Make It Known with Mal. I hope you enjoyed and learned something new. Make It Known with Mal is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and iHeartRadio. So if this was a beneficial episode for you, wherever you're listening, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends. If you take a picture listening, make sure you tag Make It Known with Mal on Instagram, and I'll repost it. I'm currently accepting applications for sponsors. Also, if you're receiving value from this podcast, please consider becoming a Patreon for as low as $3 a month. Find out more on my website, www.makeitknownwithmal.com. You can also find merch and a list of all the freebies that are available. Thanks again for listening and have a good rest of your day. Also, ask yourself if the whole world was listening, what would you say? Don't forget to make it known.